Improvement Contractors by Modernize Home Services. Welcome to Built Better, a podcast by Modernize Home Services, where we explore and highlight trends and topics around contractor marketing. I'm Don Pucci, Manager of Enterprise Partnerships. By my side is co-founder of Modernize, Mr. Chris Palatroni. So Chris, this is a bit of a different format for today's episode. For some context for our listeners, today's episode is actually an interview that I shot with Donnie McMullen, president of DeBellas, which is a remodeling company based out of Washington State, way back in April of 2020. That sounds so weird being August, almost September now, and talking about April of 2020. It's like light years ago. But Donnie has been a really great customer of ours for a long time. So I was really glad that he was so gracious to speak to me at that time. And if you remember, Chris, Washington was one of the first states to actually shut down over COVID. So at the time, speaking to him was like getting into a time machine and seeing firsthand what was to come across the country eventually, right? And hearing about how he and his team adapted to the COVID environment, it was super insightful. I mean, it helped arm our company to understand, hey, what are some of the things that our contractors and our network should be paying attention to? Right. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this um, before we kind of play the interview for our listeners, just to talk a little bit about the, some of the key takeaways that you had from that conversation, which our listeners should likely listen to a little more closely for. Yeah, you know, actually I had to refresh myself, Dom. Uh, going back in time, I, I looked at the date. It was April 24th when you shot that. Um, I had then had to hop on and take a look at where we're at from kind of a state of COVID. And we had just embarked on the 3 million mark. So talk about a, a journey back in time. Um, you know, I think what, one of the, the main themes that you'll see when you listen to this is Don, Donnie is very progressive in the way he thinks about the business. Um, <clears throat> and what I mean by that is you'll, you'll notice there was a lot of planning involved in the way he chose to make decisions uh, of how he was going to kind of navigate the time. So <clears throat> although he's giving specifics as to what he did, um, I think the biggest takeaway I, I took from talking with, uh, well, you did the interview, but I've talked with Donnie three or four times through that time, and and he's just always thinking ahead. Um, so I think that's probably one of the bigger themes that people will see in here. But yeah, lots of good stuff. I've got a ton of notes here as we go through some of these questions. Yeah, and no, I think that was one of the main things I pulled away from that too, just... You know, a lot of companies were, especially for our network at that time, they were pulling back. They were kind of scared. They didn't know what the future was going to bring. Oftentimes, it's a hallmark of a good business owner that you have some vision for the future and you kind of coalesce and, and rally your troops around that vision, right? But in a time of, I mean, that this was so much uncertainty. It's hard to even put into context how much uncertainty there was in the market at that time, right? But for him to go out and one of the key takeaways I had was actually increase pay for his employees at a time when a lot of people were pulling back and everyone was taking a pay cut. People were getting laid off and furloughed. Here he is actually increasing his his salaries by something like 25% across the board. So that was that was telling and, and just the vision that he had at the time as well. Yeah, he was definitely playing a, I think he, he might even use the words, he was definitely playing a game of chess. Um, but it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hurt the fact that, you know, Donnie's been at this for 
God, I forget what he said in there, 20, 25 years, something like that. So he's he's been around the block a couple of times. And, you know, for the, for those companies out there that are are growing and they've kind of had that ambition from day one, you know, he's been through a number of experiences that, you know, are very different than COVID, but, but brought on a lot of adversity. And he was able to navigate that. And so I think he draws a tremendous amount of confidence from his experience. And that allowed him to play a little bit more fluidly in this uh, situation. So, um, yeah, I think that, that, that experience definitely helped him out in this case. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the other, even like little key kind of tactical tidbits that we, we gleaned from this was, and if you're, if you're not listening closely, you might, you might miss it, was just the six-foot foldable table idea that he had for his mm. sales force, right? Yeah, so every, sure. every salesperson had a six-foot foldable table and they actually advertised like, Hey, if you don't want to be close to us, we get it. We're going to practice social distancing anyway. If you want to sit outside, we got a table for you. We'll sit at the opposite end of it. I mean, that's just those little things sometimes you don't think about, but that make a huge difference. Just those details, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the, you brought up a, a, another spark here is, you know, his ability to adapt. You know, if you if you go through and you kind of listen to the way he answered some of those questions there, he was constantly adapting. Um, you know, if you remember that six foot table came out, not in the very beginning of COVID, but it actually came out several, several weeks thereafter. I want to say somewhere in that, that, that four to eight week mark, what he was looking for is, you know, and this once again, was, it was a game of chess where he was thinking several moves ahead of time. And I think that's, that was the important thing. He, he didn't have the, the clarity as to what will happen, but he was willing to be flexible, right? He, he wanted to look at the data and he constantly used that data, whether it was data on the people being affected by COVID or the way his team was going to react or, you know, what states were working and which trades were working. He was constantly flexing that. Um, but, yeah, his ability to adapt in this was was definitely great. I remember one thing he said. This was actually not in your interview, Dom, but um, in one of my conversations with him at that time. And I wish I had written the quote down that he said, but it was something to the effect of, you know, when when he was a young man, he was taught, and I don't remember if it was his dad or his grandfather, but but by a a, a mentor of sorts, that when people are selling, you got to buy. And you know, he's leaning in hard on this one, and so he, it was just an interesting philosophy. I think this was in the first two weeks of COVID, and you know, everybody. I mean, you remember it, right? Companies are shutting off left and right. I mean, the, it, it's just chaos out there. And he really was looking at, you know, what markets can I expand into um, while he was still trying to figure out all of the other things that you unraveled in this interview. So I thought that was just interesting. His mindset from the beginning really allowed him to kind of navigate this. Yeah, that's right. You know, a lot of great business owners and not to inflate Donnie's head if you're, if you're listening, Donnie, but a lot of great business owners, they use challenges and they turn them into opportunities. So Donnie talked explicitly about, hey, we're going to now fast track our expansion plans. And we're going to move into new markets. You know, I mean, what that sounds kind of crazy, especially in context to the time that we're living in. But with great risk comes great reward. I mean, it just kind of goes to show you, you know, here's a guy that increased his, his wages. They expanded territories. I mean, those are big risks, right? I mean, you're talking about not being able to make payroll if, if you know something turns in the economy, right? But I think you see how how those businesses they can take that risk and can be super super advantageous. 
Yeah, he did. He didn't. Uh, he didn't lack in um, the speed of his decisions. Um, thinking early on in the interview, he he talked a little bit about you know his state being one of the first states hit. I think New York and then Washington uh, were I think among the first two three states that were hit. Um, and most of his business comes out of Washington, and so you know he very quickly had to figure out okay you know if, if if this is shut down what am I capable of doing from a trade perspective now keep in mind this is a company that services um, four ish maybe five trades sorry Donnie I don't remember at all I know um, some big ones there so you know multi state company thirteen plus markets multi trade and so he's got a lot of different things he's got to look at from which states can he operate in. You know, when you think further down that funnel, how is this going to affect his, the ability of the manufacturers to be able to produce? What demographics were, were going to be impacted? <laughs> Which states, what's essential, what's not? And so, you know, the one of the fun things of talking with Donnie is, you know, he takes information that he has access to at that point, he makes a decision, and then he stacks the stuff on top of that. And then he's willing to go back and recalibrate it, but he makes a decision and he moves on. And it's only through that process that really allowed him to take advantage of this time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pretty spot on. So, you know, I think we can probably tr- talk through this interview for about an hour or so. There's so much good juicy details and content in here. But I think we should just let our listeners hear it from themselves. So here is our conversation with Donnie McMullen, President and CEO of Develop. Yeah, thanks for speaking with us, Donnie. Our first question is just how's your team functioning now during COVID-19 compared to business as normal? Yeah, we had the very first state that was hit. Um, over 50% of our business is based out of Washington State. So Washington State shutting down uh, caused, uh, at first, our, our company to go into a a bit of a panic, as you can imagine, going, all right, what does this look like? How are we going to, uh, how are we going to move around? <clears throat> so the initial stage was how do we, we immediately went into what do we do next? Strategy meetings became critical. And as we were looking at our, our, our possibilities, one of the things we started looking for immediately was new opportunities. So where most people looked at, hey, we got to shut down, we got to move things, uh, you know, either A, shut down completely or B, downsize, we started looking at opportunities that were out there for us to be able to expand. So we did have to shut down some of our uh, things in Washington, you know, some uh, strategically some of our, our product classes. So we carry primarily four, uh, four products, uh, bass, siding, windows, and roofing. We shut down uh, bass in uh, Washington immediately, uh, put on hold, so to speak, because that product class typically goes to people past their 60s, which, you know, obviously with COVID out there uh, and that being the most dangerous demographic, that was really our very first decision was, hey, we need to, uh, you know, not be so um, exposed in that one product class. On that, we looked, started looking for growth opportunities because one of the first things we started recognizing was some of the big power, uh, big players in the uh, industry had decided either A, to pull back or B, uh, shut down completely. And so we started uh, planning to do some uh, early openings of some future offices for us. Oh, wow. Sounds like you turned this into kind of an opportunity and not just a potential detriment to your business. From a morale perspective, what do you think has been the key to staying positive and leading your team over the past couple of weeks? Constant communication. So every morning, uh, uh, we have an hour uh, meeting 
that goes for all of our, all of our branches and our executives. And that, that meeting consists of two things. Um, one, the COVID update of the day, um, which, as you can imagine, is quite it's moving moving parts. So we like to make sure that everybody has the information. And our, our second, our, our first priority when this started, uh, we started a keep everyone safe initiative. So one of the things we, uh, we have every single morning is, you know, what are we doing safe? What's the new posting? Uh, you know, every one of our people are required to wear masks. Everybody's social distance. So our, our company takes it incredibly serious to make sure that everybody is safe. And then we started uh, keeping people motivated by one of the things we put in was essential employee pay. So we gave everybody a pay increase. Oh, wow. That's that's the opposite of what I'm hearing across the industry. Yeah, no. Our $15 hour employees all went up to $20 an hour. Yeah, that's that's substantial. That's great. We wanted to make sure that everybody in... in Everybody knew how important they were to the company and that we were going to fight through this as a team. So first, we're going to keep you safe. Second, we recognize that, hey, a lot of people are losing their jobs and, and want to be laid off and want to be safe. But we know that we're essential because home improvement, uh, especially roofing and things like that, are essential. Except the state of Washington, they didn't think it was essential, but all the other states did. And we needed those people still to, uh, still to show up. So we wanted to show the employee that not only we want to be safe, but we also want to take care of them as they're taking care of people so that they knew that they were valued. We were, we're actually breaking records. Last year for the month of April, we put out uh, 3,500 leads. This month, uh, this uh, year later, we'll, we're going to put out over 3,800 leads. And that's in the middle of this crisis. So, and we're going to have 20% more volume than we did last year. Oh, that's huge. Congrats on that. One of the things, Donnie, that we're trying to understand is just how you're navigating COVID from a sales perspective. Are you still sending your sales reps out to the homes, meeting face-to-face with homeowners? We made a hard pivot into virtual at the very first part of this. Our marketing team had created a a virtual transcript and sales process. When we first started off, we were a 50-50 split, 50% virtual, 50% trying to still send people out to people's homes. We found that the virtual appointments didn't work very well. We had troubles getting people to show up for them on their side, uh, the customers. And it didn't do what they wanted to do. Our closing percentage was a little bit less. Uh, it dropped. You know, on those appointments on virtuals, it was about 15 points compared to our normal appointments. After the initial scare, we went more towards, a, hey, we're going to practice social distancing. And we came up with our formula for our sales representatives. They, again, they're all unmasked. They're required to be uh, six feet away. So we bought them all foldable tables that are exactly six feet long for their cars. And we do one of two things. We set up these appointments. We tell the customer, hey, either A, we'll sit outside. We brought a six-foot-long table. You sit on your side. Or B, we'll be on your porch and talk to you through your window to make sure that uh, we, we have that, uh, that distance. Surprisingly enough, we do very, very well with, uh, with that, that thought process. Customers loved it. Um, and we're, most of our virtual appointments uh, have diminished. We're now down to 10% virtual, and we'll still do those. Uh, but most of the customers are like, ah, I don't care. As long as you're going to socially distance and stay on the outside of the house, we're good. Um, it has provided a little bit of challenge with installations, um, but as far as the sales process goes, uh, that's how we've adapted. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Just from a marketing perspective, how are you communicating with homeowners? 
Have you made any changes in your call center to directly speak about COVID or any anything that you're saying specifically in your media? See, most of our homeowners are bored right now. So as long as you can socially distance, their responses have been kind of more along the lines of this. If you guys can come out and you want to, knock yourself out. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but all they care about is, are you going to be able to social distance, right? How are you going to come out and do the appointment? So uh, all we've changed in our script is, hey, just want to let you know, we're uh, still able to give you estimates, but we have to practice social distancing. So our script changed to, here's how our salespeople are going to come out and what you can expect from us. You have to remember for some of the states that we're in, this has been going on since the end of February. So our people have changed. Now at the beginning of it, we had a lot of this. Why are you calling me? And, you know, say, hey, listen, because you inquired and roofing is still essential. So at the beginning of this process, we had to explain what essential was and non-essential to our customer. But now they just don't care as much. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that definitely makes things a little easier then. Can you talk to me a little bit about financing? Maybe potentially how some of the finance companies that you work with, if they've changed any requirements or just how the utility of finance overall has shifted for your business. That's been the most brutal thing so far. A lot of the banks have changed their restrictions or their guidelines so badly that we have lost currently all of our subprime lenders. It has affected us. 30% of our business prior to this was subprime, meaning they were not grade A credit. We've lost uh, that ability to be able to finance those people currently, so that that is a a big issue that we're that we're facing. So I've got all my team prepared for 2008 all over again. So we're we're very much taking that approach to this, right? So we're expanding as fast as we can, taking advantage of other people withdrawing or shrinking to get that market share, but at the same time we're preparing ourselves for hey, this is the next credit mess that we're going to be having. Yeah, that's that's understandable, Donnie. Interestingly enough, though, Modernize, we actually launched our business back in the last recession. We know when recessions occur, typically the home improvement industry, it benefits. People stay in their homes longer, so they need to make some upgrades they might have been putting off, which they probably would have bought a new house in in a different environment. The only problem is that people can't really get their hands on financing as much, uh, especially in certain areas of the country. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? So we're, yeah. There's a few of my markets I'm concerned about with uh, with that, but you know, it's it's like everything else. It's kind of a I don't want to say it's a game, but it's a strategy game. And so now you have to tell your salespeople that look, you got to go after people that have good credits and stable jobs. So you know, it, and I, I know it sounds how do you do that? It's one of those things where you're like, all right, well, you know that you've lost the ability to be able to pull that off. So financing companies are always interesting because some of them will do, be a little more aggressive than others. So it's a matter of finding the newest financing company will come out like that program you just mentioned. So you, you find ways to win, but at the same time, here's the key thing on the sales side, right? And you know, we have a very, um, we're very much into training our salespeople mentalities and things they have to do in, in an environment like today. And I'll, I'll give you our sales secret right now. Our sales secret, we know that we have to have a customer more concerned about their home improvement project, especially like take a roof, for example. They have to be more concerned about that than the potential of being unemployed and the potential of the danger of coronavirus. If if we don't overcome that thought process, look, then they're not going to buy from us no matter what. And that really is what you have to be doing on the sales side right now. If a customer is thinking more about coronavirus, 
more about the fact they might not have a job or be able to make the payment, then they're not going to buy from you. They're not going to buy from anybody. So that, that's a little sales training on an, uh, on an every week basis is how do you get your, uh, get your customer to relax and be over those fears? Uh, there's a great quote out there. What's there to fear? The uh, fear itself. And we're deciding not to participate in the fear aspect. We know that it's real, but we're not going to let fear guide our decision-making. We're letting statistics and what we need to do to, to guide our decision-making, not fear. Yeah, that's definitely a wonderful approach, Donnie. And I think that's one of the reasons why our companies that we drive so well together is because we're super data-driven. And one of the things that we are trying to look at right now is just how the industry is evolving and how relationships are changing with homeowners. Do you feel like after all this, after COVID-19 is, is done, life will go back to the way it was? Or do you think there's going to be more of a digital shift in the industry itself? I think you're going to have more of a digital uh, shift. So the virtual appointments that we do have, right, when, when people are showing up for them, they really like to be able to take that 3D model and play around with it before somebody gets there. I think this cycle is going to change the consumer dramatically. So, you know, you asked earlier about virtual appointments. The ones that we do, people love them. So I get somebody yeah. to show up for them. They play around with the stuff. It's unbelievable. I believe we're headed that direction. And this is going to cause a, a faster growth in that segment where people are like, look, I want to do this on my own online. And that is one of the things that we're definitely paying attention to of, uh, of how do we capture that market. So we've just now started launching more campaigns, um, promoting it on Facebook and through our digital marketing going, hey, look, um, we can do virtual appointments. I don't have to come out and see you. And those are the ones that are showing up. So I think the more that it becomes an option out there, the more of the customers and our consumers are going to want it. That makes complete sense. I guess it's the push versus the pull marketing. Well, Donnie, it looks like that's all the time we have today, but I, I really want to thank you for sharing these insights with me. I hope we can all get back to normal soon and maybe next time we speak, we can do it in person here at our office in Austin. Take care and stay safe. Uh, hopefully so. Thank you. Thank you.